Blog Talk Radio. in Las Vegas. You're tuned in to the show that's always on top of what's trending. It's Page One with LeVar and Mary on Blog Talk Radio. It is Saturday night. It's not Friday night. How are you from Chicago? It's LeVar here, and of course, joining me as always out from Las Vegas, my wonderful friend Mary. How are you? The fabulous Las Vegas. I'm good. And I do not apologize. (laughs) The song's now stuck in your head. Uh, (laughs) I love that song. Figure we have to uh, do something special for being on on a Saturday night, but uh, yeah, we are now less than a week away from Christmas. Are you more shocked? No, it's fast. Oh God, it just went too. It went fast and slow at the same time. Like it's it's a weird paradox. Hmm. I I, I will say it. It's one of those things where yeah. We're glad to finally kind of see it come to an end. This <laughs> year um, is almost at the end. We're we're kind of like that person that's crawling toward the finish line. <laughs> um, because as of tonight, uh, there is about, what, uh, 13, well, 12 days, I think, until the end of the year. So 12 days till the end. 12 days till the end of 2020. No, it doesn't work. I tried. <laughs> you know. <laughs> the 12 days of Christmas. So wouldn't it start today? No. Or would it go? Or would it start before Christmas? It would have been twelve. It would have been like it would have been. I don't. Yeah, know. I don't know. I don't know. There's weird calendars. I don't know. We'll get it together. But uh, glad you could join us on this Saturday night. We are normally with you on Friday nights. And just a reminder for all of you, and I know you're probably getting tired of the reminders that you see on social media. But this show, starting Friday, January first, moves to a new time. 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 o'clock Central. So we're moving. We hope that you move with us. we got a lot of stuff ahead of the show tonight. And I want to actually, because I had a list here, uh, normally and lately I've been giving you a list of what National Days is this weekend. Yesterday was National Twin Day. And I totally Woo-hoo! forgot, because I am a twin, and I Good forgot job. to post something about it. Uh, <laughs> yesterday was also National Roast Suckling Pig Day. Um, it was also Underdog Day, where it wasn't about the cartoon, but you could cheer on uh, your favorite team and or person who has always been perceived as an underdog. Uh, it was also right, National... Right, right. No, I didn't. <laughs> it was also National Ugly Christmas Sweater Day. Uh, do you have one? An ugly sweater? Yeah. I have lots of ugly sweaters, but I just no, got a new uh, ugly 
Christmas T-shirt, and I am so I am so proud of it. I can't wait to wear it. You know what? I don't own one, and I guess I have to how, find one for next year. How is that possible? Well, just I, make I know. One. I know. I know. It also it was national answer to telephone line, uh, national answer to telephone like Buddy the Elf Day yesterday. So if you how does Buddy the Elf answer the telephone? I have no idea. I didn't watch the movie. <laughs> so sorry. Uh, today is actual National Oatmeal Muffin Day and National Hard Candy Day. And tomorrow, uh, it's a weird kind of day. It's Mud Day for Dr. Samuel Mud. It's a long story behind that. I'm not going to get into it tonight. Uh, also, National Reefs Across America Day. And National Sangria Day. So for those of you on this Saturday night, you can celebrate early for National Sangria Day. <laughs> whoop, whoop. Sangria. Yeah. <laughs> oh, by the way, uh, we got a special show coming up on Wednesday. You want to tell the folks exactly what we're doing? Uh, it would be the Festivus for the rest of us. It's the Festivus Miracle. I love saying that. I'm sorry. That's just amazing for me. You know, I actually did have a festival today. <laughs> I think I'll share that uh, on Wednesday. So, yeah, it was a, it was a strange Festivus Miracle. Uh, it actually, I'm reminding myself now because I'm writing it down. So, um, <laughs> but that's Wednesday night, December. 23rd, which is the actual day of Festivus, and it will be at 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 o'clock Central. Um, so, yeah, and then we'll be Have back we with the folks the here on hmm? Did we figure out the feats of strength yet? We have not. Uh, we still got a little time. Still working on that. I, I don't know how that's going to occur. Well, it can't occur you know, in a physical sense. So I guess we will probably have to pick a person that we will have to do a feats of strength against. Um, in Virtually? Yes, <laughs> virtually. I wonder I mean, if we can unless, reach out to the Rock and see if we can do it virtually that way. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I will make sure to reach out to him tonight. I will uh, get in touch with him. And uh, see, well, that that could be your feet of strength. That's not going to be my feet of strength. But yeah. <laughs> oh, I take him on. Bring it on, man. I don't know though. He might he fun. might be a little bit. I might catch him at a soft time because I know he is like you know the doting dad, and it's so it's so cool to see uh, him with his little girl because you know he what movie was that in on uh, a Disney movie that he was in. Um, the pacifier? No, not the pacifier. He was uh, he was uh, uh, the uh, game, something game. Yeah, game and plan. he does the uh-huh. voice for her, and she still doesn't believe that that was him in the movie. Oh no, the Moana! You're talking about the voice. He was Moana, also yeah. in a Disney movie called The Game Plan, where oh. he was a dad. The one where he's a cartoon, yeah. Which the also one where he's a cartoon. fun. Yeah, yeah and he'll Moana. sing the song he to her. It, he'll occasionally do it. He says, "Is that Daddy?" And she's like, "Nope." Nope. <laughs> no. Nope, not at all. So, <laughs> and then look at his face like, really? <laughs> so, yeah, so that's on the Welcome 23rd. Welcome to fatherhood. Back, yeah, fatherhood with your child, especially for Hollywood. I know that's got to be something when, you know, your kids see you on TV or people know your parents. You know, it's kind of like, I know that doesn't, like, register, especially when you're younger like that. So, yeah, I don't know. That's got to be Or the, it's just like, wait. Nobody knows who your parents are? <laughs> like, <that's> <laughs> right. That's kind of cute. Yeah. And uh, then we're back with you on Friday night, on Christmas night, uh, for our year-end show. It'll be the last show of the year uh, next Friday night. Yeah, so crazy. Yeah, it is. Uh, and that's our annual year-end show. Uh, where we will give our awards out and... Hopefully we'll have a lot of good things planned uh, for the show. And then Sunday night on the 27th, 401 Lounge, Maserati Monica will be with us, um, 9 o'clock Eastern, 8 o'clock Central. There's so much that's going on here. Over the next few weeks, we've got, what, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 
shows over the next few weeks alone. Uh, Jesus, Mary and Joseph. That's a lot of shows. Yeah. Yeah, and then, like I said, January 1st, uh, page one on New Year's Day. We'll be here with you. And then Sarah J. comes through a couple of nights later on a Sunday night for the 401 Lounge, 9 o'clock Eastern. And then the following Sunday night, uh, yeah, <laughs> we've got quite a bit uh, going on. Marcy Diamond will be with us, too, on that uh, on the 10th. So, And then tonight, the debut of a new segment, uh, which I will have up here shortly after tonight's commentary. Uh, I was going to say with Christmas, because it's coming up and we will be here Christmas night uh, before we get to the first main story. Uh, I was going to ask you, are you kind of relieved this year that you, I mean, I, I don't know your Christmas plans. We didn't talk about it. But are you kind of relieved that you don't have to, like, host people or, like, go to something this year? Um, I normally am very low-key anyway, um, so for me, other than the travel part, I do kind of enjoy traveling uh, during the Christmas holiday. I know that sounds weird because it's usually stressful, um, mm-hmm. but I enjoy seeing family. I enjoy seeing um, people I haven't seen in quite some time, and it's, it's kind of like it reminds me of Christmas break when I was in school. So ah. I, I do enjoy that. Um, I don't have that this year, so... It is what it is, but I don't know about happy about it. I'm indifferent at this point, I guess would be a good word. Gotcha. You know, I think everybody this year, even for those who didn't probably go out uh, or go and visit people, probably are wishing that they could. But I was actually surprised because I saw an article uh, a little bit before the show, and it said that 7 in 10 Americans admit that they're secretly relieved not to host holiday parties this year. Um, and 80% of respondents to a survey agreed that eating is the best way to bring people together. Uh, but like I said, 7 in 10 secretly relieved that they don't have to do it. Uh, 56% of respondents disappointed to miss out on their go-to holiday parties. Uh, and then say it was a bit surprising to find a further 52% admitted to getting cozy with someone during the holiday season just so that they can score their favorite holiday treats. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> a third of respondents even admitted to talk, uh, talking more to a distant relative ahead of the holidays to get some goodies. Some of the holiday snacks respondents enjoy during the season include classics like cookie, uh, cookies at 55%, and biscuits, 41%. Isn't that the same thing? Um, kind further, of, one's a little bit softer. I know, I know. It's all the same thing. Further, 37% of respondents enjoy chowing down on some homemade macaroni and cheese, and 21% go for a bowl of queso. Queso? Yeah. Question mark? (laughs) Yeah, that that, that was uh, in that survey. I must have not read far enough into that article. Sixty-five percent of respondents are uh, making up for those absences uh, by grazing on snacks throughout the day, rather than having one big holiday meal. Uh, for, for for three and five respondents, snacks and appetizers are actually the stars of the show. So it's no surprise that seventy-two percent of those polled said they tend to snack more during the holidays than at any other time of the year. So I get that. I get that. But I was like, it seemed like Thanksgiving was just yesterday. So what does one usually have on Christmas? So it's like you don't really want turkey again. So, yeah, I know some people have ham, but. Our house is a grazing house. We we like the, uh, you know, get up and make like a big breakfast and and have that kind of sit out. And then as the day goes, you kind of munch along, meat and cheese trays, veggies, fruit, you know. That Will you be making up. your uh, famous uh, breakfast log? My breakfast log. Normally, I would say yes, but it's just the two of us this year, so that's an awful lot of food for just the two of us. So we are <laughs> foregoing the breakfast log at, for something smaller, um, but still just as filling and tasty. 
I think one of these days you'll have to uh, share your, or maybe next week, you can share your recipe for your breakfast log with the folks out here. She's not going to share. <laughs> no, why would I do going? that? Uh-uh. No, no. If somebody wants, pilots, I think you were going to share the recipe. God, no, I was thinking about it, though. Um, if somebody <laughs> wants the recipe, tweet me. At me. There you go. At us. There you go. You want the recipe for my famous breakfast log? You contact me. There you go. And I'm talking famous. People request that crap. It's very good, folks. So, yeah, definitely if you want something uh, different and something yummy for breakfast, treat her for the breakfast log recipe. So. Oh, yeah. Sure. It's so super simple. And just, yeah, once it's done, people will be asking for it. Okay. We might we might start a cooking pimping segment out, on pimping out my breakfast pimping out my breakfast vlog. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> it's the breakfast log show. Yes, we'll just talk about breakfast logs. Yeah. <laughs> it's vlog, it's vlog. <laughs> I, I don't know if I could get a jingle made for that, but uh we'll figure it out. Oh, that would there be any, amazing. Are there any songs that have to deal with logs? I mean, maybe, maybe we can find that out. I, I, I will. Are I don't think in the logs and the logs, logs? breakfast log sense, but probably. Um, well, no, like Ren and Skimpy, they have that log song. It's log, it's log, it's big, it's heavy, it's wood. It's log, oh, yeah. it's log. It's better than that. It's kind of Aren't they coming back? Yeah. It, it might as well be coming back. I would think that they would be coming back. I might back. as well, yeah. <laughs> Everybody else is coming back. You might as well bring them back, too. So. That's what I'm it's thinking. Like, like, come on now. Hollywood has no originality anymore. It's like everything's coming back. If it worked a long time ago for a short period of time, we'll bring it back. So, yeah. Why not? Yeah. Speaking of bringing back, uh, Mission Impossible <laughs> 7. Is it already 7? Mm. That's insane. I don't know. 75, I thought. Huh? I thought it was like 75. Uh, it might be. But anyway, okay. uh, for those of you in the know and who have listened to the news all week, there seems to be a divided Hollywood in regards to the leaked audio uh, of Mission Impossible 7 producer and star Tom Cruise, who was shouting at crew members outside of London uh, in a pretty much curse-filled tirade, uh, purportedly for breaking COVID-19 set safety protocols. And in the audio, uh, he could be heard shouting uh, quite a bit. I actually do have the audio. So, have you heard this yet? Yeah, I, I've heard it, yeah. So, for you folks out there who have not heard it, uh, it's about, should I play it for the folks here if they haven't heard it? I mean, I don't, I sure, why not? I mean, it, everybody should have heard it by now, but if they haven't. You've been under a rock. But anyway, I'm going to play the rant yeah. for you. And afterwards, I will bring up a question for you. Here's Tom Cruise. You're back here in Hollywood making movies right now because of us. Because they believe in us and what we're doing. I'm on the phone with every studio at night. Insurance company. Producers. And they're looking at us and using us to make their movies. We are creating thousands of jobs, you I don't ever want to see it again. Ever. And if you don't do it, you're fired. And if I see you do it again, you're gone. And anyone on this crew does it. That's it. And you too. And you too. And you. Don't you ever do it again. That's it. No apologies. You can tell it to the people that are losing their f***ing homes because our industry is shut down. It's not going to put food on their table or pay for their college education. That's what I sleep with every night. Your ass. We are not shutting this movie down. 
Is it understood? If I see it again, you're gone. And so are you. So you're going to cost him his job. And I see it on the set, you're gone. And you're gone. That's it. Am I clear? Do you understand what I want? Do you understand the responsibility that you have? Because I will deal with your reason. And if you can't be reasonable, and I can't deal with your logic, you're fired. That's it. That is it. I trust you guys to be here. Yes, sir, Mr. Cruz. I'm sorry, Mr. Cruz. Don't hit me, Mr. Cruz. <laughs> I can understand Somebody, how that I room probably felt at that yeah. It sounds like he was practicing for a movie, and it wasn't a movie. And that's what somebody actually said. Uh, like, uh, I, I don't remember what I was listening to. Like, there was a commentary about it, and they're like, I had to stop and stop thinking it was Jerry Maguire and remember it was Tom Cruise. And I was like, Oh my God, yeah. And a few people showing the money. Yeah, and a few people have since quit from that production. And just uh, today, there was an article that comes out because, of course, if there's one person that's going to say something on this one, it definitely is Leah Remini. Because if we do recall, she did the entire TV series on the Church of Scientology, and she has now come out and said that it was a quote a publicity stunt. Uh, other celebrities and observers have come out to his defense. Others have said that it was uncalled for. Uh, and she said that Tom's reaction, quote, Tom's reaction shows his true personality, she wrote in a statement. Uh, he is an abusive person. I witnessed it. I've been a recipient of it on a small level, and I've been told of similar abuse by his former girlfriend, his employees, and his friends. This is the real Tom. Tom does not care about the families of his crew. This is all for publicity. She said, I would bet that Tom had his rant written for him and had his Scientology assistant record and release it, Hearing a rich actor with enormous power address his crew in this way is a sign of weakness, deeply troubled person. And, of course, his representative did not uh, respond to that yet. You know, when I heard it, the first time I heard it, I thought to myself, man, well, yeah, because we all feel that way right now about COVID-19 protocols. Good for Tom for pretty much setting the record straight. And it is a job, and if you can't follow the rules of that job, you're going to get yelled at. But then I kind of thought about it. And I don't know. I'm kind of on the fence because I'm like, well, if that's the case, do you really think that, quote, a big star like Tom Cruise has time to really do that part of the process? You know, you would think he would have some underlings go out and tell these guys, hey, Mr. Cruise saw you. He knows what's going on. If you don't do what he needs you to do, then you're fired. It makes me wonder how many times this happened before he felt he had to step up and say something. You know what I'm saying? I mean, is he in the right or is he in the wrong? Right. Yes. A little bit of both. I mean, we don't know the circumstances that came before the fact that he had this rant. If this rant happened just because, like, the first time out, then no, he's in the wrong. There's a better way to handle it. If this is a, like, over and over and over, like, we've addressed it, we've said it, we've done it, now I'm going to yell about it, then yeah, I mean, if they are going to get shut down because one of the stars, and I'm not even talking, like, if, if, oh, who's the other person that's on there with him? Uh, Haley? No, that's not right. Uh, anyway, if she gets sick and gets COVID, uh, mm-hmm. then all the scenes that she's shooting are done for two weeks, and production schedules right. are really tight right now. This is an entertainment. This is not a. This is not like a, um, uh, a necessary. This is not a requirement to survive. So this job can easily be told to them, and basically said, you know what? We don't see that you're doing it safe. You're not doing it here, and they right. can get kicked out. It is not one of those essential positions. No movie is. So everybody on that set, every person from the catering, from the, you know, the food truck guy, all the way up to their biggest star, the producers, the directors, anyone on that set, the guy that 
throws rocks at the window so it makes noise. I don't care. Whoever it is, all of those people, non-essential employees, they have jobs. They have to follow those protocols for those areas where they're at. We'll shut them down. And since they're shooting, I don't think they're in the U.S. right now. I think they're shooting overseas. And if they're shooting overseas, they can get kicked out of the country. Right. You know? That's a yeah, lot of money down the tubes. Yeah, it is. And, it's a whole lot of you know. And I think the stress of it, too, because this is one of the first major movies now in this post-COVID era that's being filmed. And a lot of eyes are Correct. looking on if this works. And if you've got a couple of people who are dropping the ball and could cost this production a lot of money, I think in hindsight, if I'm Tom Cruise and you're one of the producers and you're pouring money into this and somebody's jacking it up while everybody else is doing what they're supposed to do, I'd be a little pissed too. So. Yeah. Now, is there a better way of doing it? Absolutely. Yeah. That rant, especially in front of everyone. But in the same token, if you've got a group of people that are doing it and they're consistently doing it, because it sounded like there were three people he was specifically calling out, like you and you and you. Mm-hmm. You know, he's being very specific about a few people. If he's actually being, like, taking those few, be like, all right, look, this is the small part of a larger problem, and we need to nip this in the bud. And, yeah, sorry, guys, you guys are the example. Again, not the best way to do it, but it's not so far out of the realm. I'm sorry, my boss has yelled at everyone in my office because of something. Now, it hasn't happened since COVID because we do something different, but it's happened. I'm sure every job has had a, a team meeting where the, the boss has gone off mm-hmm. sometime in their life. It just wasn't Tom Cruise caught on video or audio and posted on YouTube. It's the only difference. All right. I agree. Is there a better way? It probably could have been. Uh, it just sounded. I, I I thought for sure when I heard, I was like, "You sure that wasn't part of a movie?" Or you know, because so, it's because we're so used to Tom Cruise. Not, I mean, I guess for a lot of people, they probably have seen him that way. We don't really see him that way, and to hear that, you know, come that way, and I know for certain people, they said it's not the first time. Uh, I I don't believe him. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's it's quite shocking. But at the same time, you kind of feel like you're on the fence because you kind of agree. Hey, you know, if they're doing that, and yeah, they have to be reprimanded. And at the same time, could it have been better? We always say, and we can always kind of go back to thinking that there could have been a better way. So, um, still ahead tonight, uh, and inter- two interesting stories on the other side. Uh, pretty much. Nearly half of, well, pretty much uh, an interesting article that came out in regards to virtual dating. And also one in which, why we love those horrible Christmas movies. That's still ahead. Uh, Also, tonight, after tonight's commentary, we joked about it in the past, but coming up after this commentary, we're going to do a retro moment. Actually, we've got two retro moments for you, and we hope to make this a continuing part of the show uh, because we all kind of love those retro PSAs and retro commercials. We will have a couple of those for you, as well as a live look at what's trending. But uh, first, tonight's commentary, pretty much not more of a commentary, but uh, more of just personal thought. And we're thinking of those, uh, especially with this holiday week and really the holidays well underway. Uh, but we're thinking of those suffering from seasonal affective disorder, or SAD. Uh, it's a type of depression that can be characterized by its seasonal pattern, which often begins in late fall and ends in the spring or summer. Now, some experts say that the COVID pandemic definitely will make this year's cycle worse than usual. And since mid-April, the American Medical Association reports symptoms of depression during the pandemic tripling from 8.5% to 27.8%. And SAD doesn't always include forms of sadness. Sometimes it's presented through irritability, anger, or levels of agitation that you don't normally see. And doctors have said that the best way 
and they do advise for loved ones to pay attention to patterns and not to be judgmental and criticize, do motivate, encourage, and don't act like you're their therapist. And just a reminder, especially at this time of year, if you or someone you know need mental help, you can text STRENGTH to the crisis text line at 741-741 to be connected to a certified crisis counselor. For children with depression, you can call the boystown.org hotline at 1-800-448-3000. And, of course, as always, uh, the National Suicide Prevention Hotline at 1-800-273-8255. And we're definitely thinking of everyone and know that you are not in it alone. But that's my commentary for tonight, and hopefully it will help someone if anyone is listening. We'll be right back on the other side. This is page one on Blog Talk Radio with Laura and Mary. Up next, a special retro PSA and a special retro commercial. We'll see you. McGruff here. I want you to learn a song that tells people to say no to drugs. Users are losers and losers are users that don't use drugs. Don't use drugs. Winners don't use and users don't win. So don't use drugs. Don't use drugs. If you know a user even part of the time, tell them to quit, take a bite out of crime. Users are losers and losers are users. So don't use drugs. Don't use drugs. Okay, everybody. If you know a user even part of the time, tell them to quit, take a bite out of crime. Users are losers and losers are users. So don't use Your mom and dad and brothers and sisters and friends to help take a plan of with LeVar and Mary on Block Talk Radio. Your source for all the current topics and news you need to know. Here's LeVar and Mary. Commercial. I was like, you remember the guy, the kid on the, uh, on the crutches, oh. the one that's running through. <laughs> I miss Toys R Us so much. That too. I, I miss Toys R Us. Like, I really miss it. I, I don't know why it left. I, I really don't. I know throughout the year people Amazon. did buy toys. <laughs> But, man, because some of these other stores, they only do a moderate toy selection. You walked into Toys R Us, you had everything. And I miss Toys R Us. It was, it was the place to go when you couldn't find it anywhere else. Right. But always had, you knew you could find the toy you wanted at Toys R Us as a gift for yourself, whatever. You could always find it at Toys R Us. I miss Toys R Us. But I've always been a kid, so. Well, actually, next week, and uh, I will probably uh, give away the uh, <laughs> the surprise here, but I will actually have, unless my dear friend wants to hear it tonight, but the original Toys R Us jingle that started the whole thing. <laughs> and why we don't want to grow the one up. That, the- yeah. I remember that one. I used to be able to sing that one. 
you want to hear? I knew that one by heart. <laughs> I, hey, sure, yes. Let's do it. You, Why not? You know, you want to hear? It? I want to hear. It. You know what? <laughs> Guess what? We'll we'll do it a week ahead of time, and just for tonight, I will play it now. Now, you know who the last person was. I was so singing along with that. (laughs) But you do know who that last person was before I kind of went to the uh, last little girl in that. That was actually Jaleel White in that Toys R Us commercial, a young Jaleel White who was in that commercial. No way. Yeah. The kid that was on the swing. I did not know that. You didn't know that? No, I never. No, I didn't put two and two you together. You gotta go back I, and I watch the commercial. Didn't. It's a young Jaleel White I who was to, on yes. that commercial. Uh, I think that he said that that was one of his first acting jobs. Um, so yeah, that's uh. How funny! Yeah, but uh. Oh yeah, I used to sing that all the time. <laughs> oh, Jeffrey Lordy. grew up. Yeah, Jeffrey grew up, and uh, I think that's when the uh, feds came in and pretty much told Jeffrey, no, we can't operate your store anymore, Jeffrey. you got to go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I will tell you this, and the reason why I have been uh, stalling here for the last couple of minutes, <laughs> things happened on this show, uh, but the story that I was trying to bring up has now been pretty much deleted. So I'm going to skip ahead. <laughs> um, and it was actually an interesting story because if we all remember it, and I think you and I both read it, uh, but it was about virtual dating and how it carries over into uh, once people actually see each other. But because we can't find it, I will not go into it. I will leave that story. <laughs> And I will just go live to what is trending on Twitter tonight. I'm pretty sure for those of you, uh, some people, and I got like a little thing on my iPad, there is another versus battle, or how it's spelled, V-E-R-Z-U-Z, and it's actually trending, uh, E-40 versus two shorts. So for all you uh, true rap fans out there, that is trending. Uh, Bama is trending because the Crimson Tide are playing the Gators uh, today. And then Bill's Mafia. Uh, there's two NFL games on the schedule tonight. So for those of you who forgot football was tonight and didn't set your fantasy leagues, uh, yeah, that's not good. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> UFC Vegas 17 is trending as two-time welterweight title challenger Stephen Thompson and up-and-comer Jeff Neal will square off in the final UFC fight card of 2020. Uh also, trending tonight, uh, Trevor Lawrence, who went off for 412 yards and two passing touchdowns as Clemson beat Notre Dame this evening. And pretty much that's it, besides sports uh, and everything else that is uh, <laughs> trending. Because most of the stuff tonight is the versus battle. And I know that when there's a versus battle, there's a lot of people – who are like huge fans of either one or the both, and like all the songs from their records are pretty much the remaining trending topics. So, right, yeah. So it's really not uh, worth going through the entire list because all I had to tell you was the versus battle, which you know what I don't. Apple in that actually did a pretty smart thing. I mean, I know that they they do these battles, and it's pretty much like. If you haven't seen it, it's both uh, artists pretty much sitting there, maybe giving like – it's almost like what storytellers on VH1 would have been uh, if you would add it to – If they did it right. Who are about the same. So yeah. <laughs> um, that's pretty much what it was. And 
a lot of people have been excited about this. A lot of people have followed it this year, and it's actually become a big, huge thing for them. Uh, but while I was doing that, in the great words of uh, stalling for time, the article actually now has come up for me, so I'll go into it. But pretty much a New York Times article. Uh, it's pretty much stated, at the beginning of the pandemic, many singles had turned to video dating to forge connections. Some daters felt instant attraction online, but no chemistry in person. And it went on to discuss about a young man who first started dating another lady, how the chemistry between them was undeniable, how they had met two weeks before at a theater in Manhattan when both were cast the same play. Uh, And they set up a FaceTime date. And after video dating for four months, their comfort level increased and their conversations became more intimate. And he says, I don't think I've talked to someone on the phone for that long since he was in middle school. And says that video gives us just one view of someone, that there's a missing piece of the energy of the physicality of the person. So what ends up happening is that once you start developing a fantasy of that person, just giving the information that they have, and then the fantasy takes over and start imaging what the person's life is going to be like, uh, then they finally meet and they start feeding and maturing the fantasy. And they still kind of are going through it, but some people have said how uh, – we want to see people, but the fact is with video, it's just a 2D setting. And that's really difficult for our brain because we want to see everything else as well. So it's not the interaction you need when you really want connection with somebody because we don't see every part of everybody. And I want to, and I hope at some point, <laughs> be able to have a specialist on because in this time of COVID, you can't really go to a lot of places. And this is the only way. And I don't know if we have to readjust our brains to like, this is now going to kind of be for a little bit, the new norm, or is it best for some people just to say, screw it. I'm just going to wait until after all this blows over and then I'll start dating. Is that a question or? It probably was. It was more of amusing, but I guess I would say when it comes to that, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. I is this going to be, I mean, for the foreseeable future, kind of a new way that we kind of have to readjust ourselves I mean, to thinking? Here's the thing. Online dating has been something that's been around long enough, but I, I think that people are finally starting to figure out that online dating used to be, hey, you're cute. You want to meet up for drinks? And then, sure, why not? And you go and meet up for drinks. Now you can't go and meet up for drinks. You have to, like, actually be who you are virtually. And that's a hard thing to do. That's, I mean, that's, I, that's hard, I think, careful lighting and, yeah, I mean, if you think about it, careful lighting, good angles, you get, you know, you get a, or you don't ever talk, like, on a video call or whatever, Skype, FaceTime, whatever you're using, what are the newfangled kids using? Discord, um, you're just on a on a voice call. Um, it's just it's just hard. It's very hard to do, and we're very social creatures. There's a lot of nonverbal things that you you know cues that you give off that you don't necessarily necessarily can do. And I know that I'm way more confident on the phone when I know you can't see me, which is a weird thing, but. When you can't see me, I'm more confident on the phone because I could be doing something with my hands or I could be, you know, twisting a paperclip or I could be, you know, plucking my eyebrows, whatever, and not necessarily focusing specifically on you. Whereas if I'm on a date, now it's I'm looking you straight in the face and I'm catching all of your nonverbals and you're going to get all of mine and nerves and everything else that normally happens. I mean, I'm on an online dating site and there's some weird crap that's going on out there. I'm being honest. But then in the same token, you just got to weed through all that and then hope that you can get to a point where, you know, like, hi, I'd like to go on a hike with you six feet away and out in the middle of nowhere where we could be socially distant and not have to wear a mask. You know, um, it, there's not a lot of places like that. So, yeah, this is going to be a weird time and a weird norm. I was going to say, I was going, one of the first questions, and I'm going to be careful with how I say this because with dating. You're going to make me giggle? 
No, we're not going to make you giggle. Um, one of the questions I was thinking of in the back of my brain, and I was going to, and that was something entirely different. It's not dating what Maserati or Sarah or anybody else does, but I was going to ask them, hey, in this age of COVID, do you really worry about someone, you know, in their overall health? When it comes to dating, are you like looking for a little sign in the first few minutes of like dating, uh, or I mean, for them filming with them? But in dating, I was like, how does one tackle that whole thing of dating, especially during this era? Because there is that probability. And I was like, you know, if you're going to meet with someone in places where you can still meet with somebody. I would think that in the back of my brain, I'd be like, mm, who has this person been around? If they're coming around me, who else Who else have they been around? And am I safe being around said person from a health standpoint? Yeah, wonder, like the, it's, a whole new, it's a whole new way of asking, are you safe? Like, right. <laughs> <laughs> instead of being like, hey, have you been it's – it's a, it's, a, it's a different – have you been tested? It's a different have you been tested. So since the early 90s, have you been tested? Late 80s, early 90s, have you been tested? Different mm-hmm. are, have you been tested? Um, so, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a spot. And then on top of that, like, all right, now you've dated somebody. You've met them. How do you broach the physical barrier? Mm-hmm. Because you're supposed to be six feet away from somebody, and no offense to anyone else, but I'm not over six foot, so I know my arm span is not six feet. You know, it's not going to happen. Yeah, how does one, because that's the other thing. How does one get, we all thrive, and I think we said it in the past, we all thrive off of some form of physicality or touch or something. And it's like COVID is asking us to curb those feelings until we can all be safe, but that's pretty hard to do. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. it's kind of like the roll of the dice, not to make a Vegas reference, but the roll of the dice, um, and we just go <laughs> off of our judgment. Yeah, and then hope you don't come up snake eyes. I can roll with it. Hey! <laughs> uh, <no>, it's absolutely... <laughs> <laughs> It's absolutely. This is one of those. This is one of those topics where I could absolutely go off on a weird tangent. But yes, absolutely. It's just. A, it's strange. It's how comfortable do you feel with a person? You know, where do you go with that person? What do you meet that person? How long is it before you meet that person? You're talking on the phone with them. Are you talking video chats? Are you, you know, yeah. Us a lot. People, people got it hard, man. <laughs> well. We definitely are uh, praying for you single folks out there and uh, even for those who are uh, who are venturing out into that. It's, it's a lot, and I would tell anyone to just stick with it and go with your gut instinct because it's the best thing that you can probably do. So interesting study <laughs> enough. And I hope someday, well, one of these days, and I think probably Sunday night I will – uh, on the 27th, I'm going to ask Maserati, especially from the uh, other standpoint <laughs> of her actually filming with people, how that works. Because I'm pretty sure there's a lot of things that have to happen before that even gets to that point. I know I'm listening for that. I know I am. <laughs> uh, but there was also another interesting uh, article out. Now, I think you've heard me say it in the past on this show about how I could probably write a Hallmark Christmas movie or a Lifetime Christmas movie and probably be, uh, you know, I could probably crank those out about a dozen because they have the same storyline. Well, actually, someone or experts have explained the allure of those terrible holiday movies from Hallmark, Lifetime, and now even Netflix. Uh, It says that year after year, uh, they inundate us with a slew of terribly cheesy holiday movies with the name titles to match, and year after year we eat it all up. And whether you proudly tweet about your Hallmark movie consumption or hide the guilty pleasure, the fact remains that those over-the-top formula questionably acted films have a real audience. And they say that these movies, uh, they ask mental health experts actually to break down our not-so-secret love affair, and they said that they offer a sense of certainty. Because many made-for-TV holiday movies are famous for allowing the same predictable floor, uh, formula from the pro- plot structure 
to the set decoration to the specific holiday motifs. And as much as we mock this approach, our brains actually tend to love the certainty, particularly in times of uncertainty like the COVID-19 pandemic. It also says that we're attracted to simple solutions. They believe that people may be watching these kinds of movies even more this year because they present simple fixes to very complex issues like finding a partner, navigating relationship conflicts, dealing with childhood trauma, grieving a loved one, reuniting family, and more. And the uh, relentless uh, positivity boosts morale. People tend to watch cheesy Hallmark movies around the holidays because it's positive, even though predictable, and people enjoy having positive things to think about. Uh, They also can provide an escape to fulfill certain needs. And the uses and gratifications model proposes that people watch that to fulfill it. And that includes affective needs, the emotional fulfillment and pleasure we may experience in watching a romantic plot, or vicariously experiencing the emotional journal of a likable character. And it says our brains love happy endings. We love feeling good. Uh, And it appeals to our moral intuitions, and they keep us dreaming. Now, I know you. I know that you are not a follower of the the traditional – Holiday Christmas movies, but I am, I do you, love the I do love the predictability though of movies that I choose. <laughs> so of the movies I choose, I do like the predictability. <laughs> but it's a different but, yeah, movie. Predictability. So movie. it's the same thing. Uh, I will I will help you out. I'm gonna do the it plot is the line. Same thing. No. Yeah. It's the, the same thing. It's an action a movie. Hallmark it's movie a bad guy. You. It's a good guy. Yeah, absolutely. In one minute, and I will tell you pretty much how it works, is it starts with a girl who works in the city, has a really high, stressful job. She's got that comedy sidekick and an assistant or a coworker, and she finally gets fed up and says, I'm going to take a break. I'm going back home to see my parents. She goes back to some small little rural town, and her parents are played by this, you know, adoring couple that, you know, loves her dearly but wants her to get her life straightened out. Meanwhile, there's some, you know, funny older lady that lives next door that's always digging into everybody's business. And then there's also the guy that she left, the guy that she thought that she would never be able to get with, and he probably at that time – dated somebody else or married somebody else, that person, they got divorced. They meet up one night at some holiday party or at the local uh, coffee house. They start talking. Feelings come back. And then before you know it, they're falling in love, but they're trying to avoid it. And then what happens is that some big, huge hubbub happens because that lady either comes back and it causes a distraction or she probably feels that, hey, those two are going to date each other anyway, so I'm going back to the city. She goes back to the city. The assistant probably tells her, you should go back and fight for your guy. And then she goes back with her, and then a whole bunch of screwball stuff happens, and in the end they get together, movie over. Am I wrong? That took you more than a minute. I'm sorry. But, yes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to tell you something. And that Hallmark movie formula is the same with action movies. And I am an action movie gal, so it's the same way. It's That's why I love Die Hard. It's the same thing. It's a guy who ends up being in some kind of position where he needs to fight for justice, and then there's a bad guy, and then the bad guy ends up finding the good guy, and then they shoot him up and, and falling downstairs, and oh, and there's a twist, and then at the end the good guy wins. Like, it really is, there's very much a formula that works with a lot of different things. So if you like action movies, you ha- you like that formula. At Hallmark movies, same thing. Comedy movies, same thing. It always ends up with some kind of lesson at the end. I want that, I would love to, I know it won't succeed, but I would love to have a Hallmark movie use, like, an action movie plot line. <laughs> and have it try to be a romance movie. Like, instead of the girl in the city that has a high stressful job, now it's the girl in the city who used to be a cop and ends up in the country where there's a drug cartel. 
you know, and then she falls in love that, with like the main boss. Like that, that kind sound of good thing. To like, to me. Two. <laughs> it would drug cartel hangs out. I know, it would be great. <laughs> All right, well, have it be at Christmas time then. Just throw it in a Christmas party and you're good to go. <laughs> they're, they're hiding out in in this town. That's my hometown. Go back there and flush them out. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't see that. that. I think it well, I mean, hey, anything you know. I think once we get past this year, and it's always a problem. Plus, now that we're talking about it, it's probably going to happen. So, I can see that. <laughs> I don't think it will be drug cartel. It could be like a bad guy or like a funny bad guy, like somebody that's a bumbling like bad guy that's like uh, like dastardly <laughs> and muttly. <laughs> and I don't know from your stable of like Hallmark Christmas actresses who you would have played that person. Now, I, I always know, said find some B-list movies. I always thought that Jody Sweet would probably be that gritty character that would be good for like one of those roles or the person that actually does the opposite and doesn't find love at the end and is okay with it. Right. I'm telling so, you, we got to come up with something. I think we could do it. I, I, I'll let you get started on the action one. I'm going to get started on the other one. <laughs> we'll produce both. And then those. we'll try and combine them. Yeah. We'll try and combine them. <laughs> oh, Folks, just to remind you, next show here for us is coming up on Wednesday night, the 23rd, with our Festivus show, 9 o'clock Eastern Time, 8 o'clock, no, oh wait, 10 o'clock Eastern Time, 9 o'clock Central Time. <laughs> I, I'm getting, I got so much times in my head now. And then we'll be back with you next Friday night, uh, Christmas show, year-end show. I, I do hope, and, and, my, and I'll let Mary do her shout-out, but I do hope that all of you have a wonderful holiday, and I know that next week will be probably the busiest week of the year for all of you. Take a little time and enjoy it. Don't let the rush of the holidays get to you. Uh, we want to see you all back here next Friday night, nice and relaxed and not having to stress out about it, because trust me, at the end of the day, Christmas is the most wonderful time of the year in which we should be reflecting on the reason for the season. And you also have to remember that it is, as I was thinking today and uh, writing out, is that it's not uh, everything that's going on right now. It's not an inconvenience. It's just pretty much us being convenient for everyone else. Uh, But, my friend, do you have any shout-outs this week? I do. Um, I got to have a laugh-filled night uh, last night, looking at Christmas lights, something as simple as driving around and just staring at what people have done and taking the time to do with their yards um, with a group of mermaids that I hold dear. And so Merry Christmas to them. Um, Merry Christmas to everyone. Take those five minutes. Take that half hour. Go back and remember to do those traditions, even if you can't do them full out. Um, If your tradition is to make cookies with grandma, get a video conference call going and make cookies with grandma. Like that's the important part. It's not, it's not getting out there and buying something and it's not stopping and and, and being negative about the fact that you don't get to. Merry Christmas to everybody. Like all my love. Exactly. Merry Christmas, everyone. We'll see you on Christmas night. But before then, we'll see you on Festivus night on the 23rd. So for Mary, I'm LeVar. Have a great weekend. We'll see you Wednesday.
listening to Page One. Don't forget to get the latest show info on Twitter at News Comment BTR and add us as a podcast on Apple.